You're listening to Midlife State of Mind Podcast, hosted by Aaron Beadle, a midlife gal who dishes on all the challenges and opportunities that come with this middle section of your life. Each episode, you'll find yourself going between laughter and tears as she covers all the topics you need to know about midlife. Welcome back to Midlife State of Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Beadle. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode. If you haven't already, I'd love to have you hit the follow button so that you can stay informed when new episodes drop. Also, if you like the content I share, I would be grateful if you would take the time to leave a rating and a written review. So I have an exciting surprise for you guys today. And if you've been a longtime listener, she will need no introduction. But if you're new here, then allow me to welcome Alicia to the show today. Alicia was my original co-host and an integral part of the creation of the show from day one. I say she was my A1 from the day one. So Alicia, welcome It's so good to be here. So many people are going to be so excited because (laughs) several times some of my longtime listeners have been like, I miss Alicia so much. So I'm super excited that you're joining me today, giving me some of your time. Tell people what you've been up to since you left the show. Oh my gosh. So after working remotely for many years, and I mean, when I say many, I mean, pre-pandemic, I think everyone knows I was a software engineer, but mostly I taught from home. So I made a decision because really because my son decided he wanted to go to school in California that I needed to go back to work full time. And so that's what I did. I went to work for a company called GoTo Concierge that's based out of Pennsylvania, New Hope. Pennsylvania. And I do contractual work. So it's it's a little bit different than typical get a job and you go to work and you know, that's just kind of what you're doing. So that contract was a great contract. It lasted about 18 months. It was an absolutely wonderful experience. The company is just top notch. They're just wonderful, wonderful people. But obviously, I don't live in Pennsylvania. I'm still in Savannah, Georgia. So when that contract was over, I wanted to look for something a little more local. And so now I'm doing the same type of work. It's efficiency consulting for a law firm. And I also love the people I'm working with here. That gig will be coming to a close around the end of March. And then I'll be looking for my next adventure. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Well, you definitely, we're going to have to have another episode, another reunion episode where we talk about reinventing yourself in midlife. Cause that's a topic that I've had on my list of potential subjects to cover and about, I want to do a whole series of interviewing women that have reinvented themselves in midlife because it is a unique opportunity often to just do something new and different. If And I think the great thing is we may not be you know, oftentimes our experience over the years allows us to really have a broad range of talents to offer to employers. So we that's what I found. Yeah. You're not in the last couple of years it is that instead of I think when, when I came into the realization, like, Hey, I, I really need to earn a full-time salary and, you know, I need better benefits. And I started to consider like, where do I want to look and what do I want to look for? I realized that I qualified qualified for way more opportunities than I I would have in the 10 years prior. It had been about a decade since I had to look for a job or had any desire or need to look for a job. And so a decade ago, I would have been sort of pigeonholed into, you know, using software 
to create solutions in the human resource realm. And I still do that to a degree, but now the terminology has changed in the industry. It's called people operations. Nobody uses the term human resources anymore. So that's been interesting is in looking at working in that industry, having to learn a whole new set of terminology, but then also realizing that there is so much out there that because of what I've done in other roles, that now I can explore doing more of because of my age and because of my professional experience. And it's been really kind of fun to just say, oh, well, I've never done this before, but I did some of this in a position like, let's say, working for Gulfstream. You know, I did some of these types of things or working for St. Joseph's Candler Hospital Group. I did some of these things, but leading big projects and leading groups and it's been kind of fun to get out there and, and look at all the different types of things instead of being pigeonholed, being able to kind of take a, a bird's eye view of what do I really want to do and having the freedom to do it because of because we're in this stage of life that we're in. Right. It is a great stage. Well, we'll definitely have to reconvene on that, but I want to give a little backstory to what kind of prompted this episode. I had shared a social media post about being created to create and how society places such a value on things that offer a monetary return. So if you create art, you have to create it because you have to sell it. If you're creating like content for social media, it only counts if you have something that you can sell. And I get asked this a lot, especially with podcasts, because I don't monetize the podcast like, oh, well, how do you make money? And I'm like, well, I don't. I just, I do this because it's a passion. And maybe at one point I will partner, you know, I have things that I love that I at some point want to share with listeners. So I posted that on Facebook and you were like, oh girl, we need to do an episode on that because I know you are creative just in many, many different areas of your life. And so talk a little bit about when you read that post, like what made you, what resonated with you? So it really sparked some, I I don't want to start out on a bad note, but it kind of sparked some trauma, but then which led to a very real sort of transformation for me in my head about it. You know, I think a lot of people in my generation, because I know we're we're just on the cusp in different generations, but we're told if we were creatives as children, you know, if you wanted to be a writer or a photographer or an artist or, you know, your parents would tell you that, okay, that's great, but you need to get a real job. And have a backup. Have a backup plan. So I went my entire probably first 40 years of life thinking that I never would ever have the opportunity to do creative work and turn it into a career. And then my son decided he wanted to go to college for a creative career. (laughs) And so I really had to dig deep and re-examine my own thoughts about that. But then also, it really gave me the opportunity to broaden my perspective on what monetization or making money or turning creativity into a career could look like, right? And then on our drive cross country, my son said something. This is, we are in the car. We are on the way taking him to college. To this pursue, is the first year? This is the first year. Okay. Taking him to pursue a college education for a creative career. And he says, well... He's a clothing designer. And I think if you've listened to any of the episodes in season one, you probably know that already. But for those of you that are new, my son is, he's an artist and he's a very talented artist. I know all parents say that, but you can. Well, I'll back that up. He is. (laughs) (laughs) You can check out his art on his Instagram is DJ the artist. So if you want to look that up. I'll link it in the show notes as well. 
All right. Awesome. So he's a very talented artist. So on the way out to California, you know, he says to me, he's like, well, mom, what if I don't make it as a designer? What if I just want to design clothes and maybe just for myself and maybe just be a lighthouse keeper? So first of all, I don't know where he got lighthouse keeper. He must've seen a post on TikTok or something, but you know, and he says, he says, what if I don't make it? And I said, well, first of all, son, let's, let's give ourselves the opportunity. Give yourself the opportunity to make it. Give it your all. Do not have a backup plan. Go into it, giving it your full passionate heart. Go into it, giving it 100% of your effort. And if then you decide you just want to do it for yourself, great, just do it for yourself. But then what that sparked in me was pretty magical as well, because that night when we got to the hotel, this was in Sedona, Arizona, I think. I think we were in Sedona. Well, can I say um, a real quick note about Sedona, Arizona? It is pure magic there. There's a vortex, an energy vortex. So that could have had something to do with what happened. <laughs> it could. Sedona is one of my favorite places, but I'm pretty sure that's the night we stayed in Sedona. For the first time in probably a decade, I got the urge to creatively write. And I wasn't writing because I thought I was going to publish a book like I had been for the the 10 years prior. I had been working on a book called Golden Nuggets, Knowledge for the Soul for more than 10 years. And I think the reason I haven't pursued it, I don't know if, if in the right way is what I want to say, but the reason I haven't pursued it 100% is because something in my body literally was physically telling me, you're not doing it right. And I think it's because I was doing it just for the money. I was doing it from a, a state of mind of how can I best write this to best sell it? Not how can I write this from a, from a place of really wanting to share the experiences I've been through in such a way that they really, you know, they can form a roadmap for other people who are going through similar experiences. And so for the first time in a decade, about a decade, I wrote something that was just for me. I wrote a poem about waking up and seeing my son still sleeping and just how beautiful he was, how beautiful his skin was in the sunlight, about how I used to make pancakes for him when he was a kid. And still to this day, he's 20 years old. He will not use a fork to eat pancakes. And so I wrote something for myself. And since then, have been consistently writing work, similar type work, that it doesn't matter to me if no one ever sees it. And that it's really changed my whole outlook, my whole perception on driving kids, people, friends, colleagues into monetizing their creativity. I mean, if you make beer in your basement or your garage and all you want to do is make beer to share with your family at the holidays or on a big football game or whatever, that's great. And if you want to then make beer and open a distillery. Microbrewery, yeah. And wonderful. But like, can we stop pushing everyone so hard to monetize creating art, you know? And I started painting again this year. And then I had a thing that I used to do when I was young. I paint with jewels. So I take old jewelry and create painted pieces with that. And there was a time, I don't know, maybe 12, 15 years ago where I was making pieces. And the only reason I was doing it is with the hopes that I would maybe sell them. And now I'm just making them because it's fun and it's a creative outlet. And it gives me a chance to be able to express myself and what I'm, you know, what I'm 
feeling or what I'm going through, or sometimes just for fun. It's just fun. I think that's why it struck such a chord when I read that on your social media post. I just felt like, gosh, I really do think that's a conversation we should have that not everything that you do needs to be monetized. Right. About the almighty dollar. Well, and I'm guilty of that because my middle son, he's in college and actually he graduates next week and praise the Lord at six and a half years in the making, but hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) And all God's children said, amen. Uh Um, And he is a mixologist and he is actually really, he works at a restaurant slash bar. He's bartender at a, at a restaurant in Savannah. And he's really talented at coming up with these really unique cocktails. And I was on a tear about maybe two years ago when I wasn't quite sure if he was going to graduate from college. (laughs) Like, hey, you got to come up with like a a liquor box. Like we can make this box that we send out a subscription and, you know, and then you can start an Instagram. And he had a a kitten at the time that was brand new, Peroni. Oh, I remember that. Yes. And so I was like, you could call it kittens and cocktails on Instagram and you could do all these cocktails, making cocktails with Peroni running around in the background. I was trying to think of a million ways that he could monetize his Of, of making cocktails. And I mean, he's still actually, you know, I mean, of course, anything I suggested was dumb because I'm his mom, but. Oh, God forbid the idea comes from us. I know exactly. Which, I mean, I did think <laughs> kitten cocktails was a great IG handle. It is a great idea. But he is thinking about doing something because he does have a real passion for it and maybe doing something that would monetize it. You know, I'm like, uh, just let him enjoy the fact of being creative and make, and you know, in creation can be anything. It can be cocktails. Like you said, it can be beer. It can be writing. It can be art. I'm in a art club that meets twice a month. I have no artistic talent at all, but I go and we do different things. We'll do squeegee paintings. We'll do alcohol inks. I do all these things that I've never done. And one of the greatest things that the lady that formed this club, um, shout out to Sherry, she listens, (laughs) is that, and she is a true artist, but she always says it's about the process. It's not about the end result. And I have to keep reminding myself that, you know, and especially even for me with the podcast and, you know, being with me from the beginning, you know, originally it was like, oh, maybe, you know, I could monetize it. Maybe I can make it at least pay for itself. I kind of just like step back from that because I enjoy it so much. And I feel like if I started monetizing it, it would take away some of that joy that I have where I'm just able to share what I want to share. There's no fear that if I don't say the ad right, or if I share something that the listeners won't like, or so I get to basically do what I want and not have to worry about. Not worrying about pleasing a corporate sponsor or on the other side about pissing off a corporate sponsor. You know, you're, it's about expressing yourself, getting information out there for women in midlife. It's, it's about sharing an experience instead of sharing a product or sharing uh, the joys and the challenges and the, the great things and the hard things. And, you know, so yeah, maybe we found a face cream that works great for skin at our stage of life, but the show's not about that. Right. Yeah. I've always really appreciated that. And uh, yeah, we did. I think in the beginning we did want to, we had big dreams. We wanted to monetize it. I mean, you know, I wanted to start a whole... (laughs) 
a whole network where we're producing other shows for women. And who's to say that we won't do that someday? Exactly. I That's what I love about the universe is that nothing that I, I never regret anything that I do because I always feel like each thing just opens up to something else that's just right on time. Everything yes. always has a way of happening just exactly. And I really do trust in that, that everything kind of falls into place. Listen, if I could tell you the journey of the money that has come into my life since DJ said that he wanted to go to college in Los Angeles, it is almost as it, it's not almost. Each opportunity has hit with the right contract value to fund the next step. It's been amazing. And I, it's something I've been writing about a lot too, but just that when you put your expectations out into the universe in a positive and pure way, the universe will always provide. It's like that. There's a saying where you just take the step and the staircase will appear or something. It's yes. Like, it's like, as you are like, okay, he's going to do this. Something is going to happen to help me help him realize his dream. Yes. Something's going to unfold. And then you're a Christian too. So I know you'll appreciate this, but it's like, all we have to know is the what. The how is God's job and he will figure out the how. We don't have to know the how. We just have we just have to take the first step in the right direction toward the what. Yes. And that is, a. it's interesting because one of my next episode ideas is all about non-attachment and letting go of control. And mm-hmm. I feel like, especially in midlife, it's a prime time to be able to start really cultivating that non-attachment and that being able to be free of the worry, the expectation. You know, we've been around long enough that we have, had lots of successes. We've had lots of disappointments and we're able to navigate it better than maybe in our twenties and thirties. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now when, you know, a person, a situation, whatever, let's, you know, when I feel let down, I just kind of like, well, that was not for me. Yes. And also when I see something that I would like to experience, I will call it out. I'll say, that's for me. And I'll reaffirm that in my head that that's for me. But sometimes things aren't for us and we can go as hard as we can go, like push as hard as we can push, run as fast as we can run in the direction of something we think is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread for us in our lives. But if it's not, the universe will tell you. Yeah. We run smack into that sliding glass door you missed. Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, wait, what happened? But you know, I think back to your writing, I think because you are a very gifted writer, you have a gift with words. I do not. Writing has just never been, it's probably something that I should do because I feel like it's not something that I'm good at. Sometimes that's where the work comes in. But I think that by writing for yourself, that's actually where the magic is because writing to sell. Like I think of, and please forgive me if you're listening and you're a fan of James Patterson, (laughs) right? but you know, he's like become a machine. I mean, obviously he has a lot of ghost writers and all that, that just use his, you know, that he has a formula. Here's the storyline. It's like the same storyline for every book. It is. Speaking of James Patterson, I I just listened to a really great short story of his on Audible and I am not a fan, but a person who I highly, highly, highly respect her opinion of books recommended to me and it's only a three hour listen stars Hillary Swank. And it was amazing. I'm not saying everything that he publishes. I'm not saying that even any of it is bad. There is a mass appeal to it, which is why he is. But they are the same. They're all the same. I understand. They have the same kind of story art, Mm -hmm. the same kind of plot. It's kind of like Hallmark movies. Right. 
girl that came from a small town. She's living in a big city, but she has to go back because her mom gets sick. And then she runs back into her high school boyfriend who, you know, they have blah, blah, you know, and then it's like, they always end up together. But there's something reassuring about that. There's some comforting, you know, especially during the holiday season when you just want to binge watch those little Hallmark Christmas movies. But I think that even though like James Patterson has formulated this whole, or he has this whole formula, I should say, yeah. to sell. He's always writing to sell it. He's yes, always to writing sell to books. sell it. And he knows this is the market. I've captured this segment of the population that loves this, you know, story. And that's fine and dandy. But I think for you writing for yourself is where that authenticity comes in. So it's really about being a creative and not just a producer. Is that, yeah. does that make sense? Like yes. there's a difference in just being creative and creating this thing rather than just like, almost like a factory of pumping out, producing these right. same little packages each time. What I think about is, is people who do sand art or ice art. You know, you've got this guy, he's out there on a glacier with a blowtorch and he creates these enormous, pieces of art hang on I'll tell you what his name is because I just sent one to a friend but he's out there in the world and he's creating these incredibly detailed intimate beautiful I mean they're just stunning pieces of art and he knows that 24 hours later it's going to be gone they're going to melt. Just like when you go to the beach and the people that create the sand sculptures that yeah. waves are going to come in and it's going to just take it all away and it's going to end His up. His name is David Popa. David okay. P-O-P-A and it's David Popa Art on Instagram. Cool. People that create, so he's creating just to create. He's, he's creating just creating. to create. I mean. You can't sell an iceberg. You cannot sell an iceberg. And that's the thing. And maybe he has some sponsorships with like photography companies or drone photography companies. I don't know. I mean, it would make sense. But the point is the art itself can't be sold. Right. It can't and be sold. nothing wrong with people who make art or create art of whatever kind mm-hmm. to sell. I'm not dissing sure. on anyone. What I'm saying is, you know, and there is a time and a place for that because everybody has to eat. But in other words, I think the gist of what we're saying is don't get hung up on not creating something that isn't going to bring you a monetary return if it feeds your soul. Right. Create just to create. And if you have the opportunity to sell something and that's something you want to do, then that's wonderful. But if you're, if you're truly a creative soul, don't allow the world that we live in that says you have to monetize and commercialize everything, keep you from creating if you just want to create for yourself. We were created to create. That's right. Everybody has their talent and whatever it is, whether it's baking, it can be creating delicious meals. You could be making the best fried chicken at your church. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I have to say I've never fried a chicken. I've never made fried chicken. (laughs) We got to teach you how to fry chicken, my friend. Now, you know, I can make some good caramel popcorn though. Oh yeah. No, you're a hell of a cook. You are incredible. But I just have never. Also, if you don't like fried chicken, don't. Oh, I I mean, I do like fried chicken, but it's just something that I think that has always intimidated me. It's like making biscuits. I've made biscuits like twice and both times were not superb. Did you have fun though? I did. Well, actually, because my youngest and I made them. And so it was fun. You know, I love a biscuit now, but nobody's going to buy my biscuits. Trust me. Right. But you had a good time. And they were all the boys to the yard. (laughs) (laughs) They were tasty and you had a good time. And that's, that's all that matters. 
Exactly. Any last words of wisdom you want to share? I think just for the creatives that are listening, I hope that you find a way to, to voice your creativity personally. That's just for you personally. And what I said a second ago, like if it turns out to be a situation where you can sell it or you have the desire to sell it, then that's wonderful. But don't let the idea of not being able to sell your creativity or monetize your creativity keep you from fulfilling that part in you that needs to create. Because it's so important when you have that gene of creativity to be able to express that in a healthy way. And most of the time, I'm not even going to stop it. Oftentimes, most of the time that doesn't include monetizing whatever you're creating. So I hope that everyone out there, I hope that you will find a way to create things in a healthy, happy way, in a way that serves your soul, not your checkbook. Yeah. Especially in midlife. I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to, to start doing that. Well, thank you so much for coming back on. We're going to definitely have to do it again soon. And I want oh, yeah, to sure. thank We'd all love you to. guys for listening and stay tuned for next episode. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. This has been an E-Squared production.